0: All right, everyone, welcome back to the MMA Frequency. It's me, Joseph Dolan, and last weekend J- Charles Olivares submitted Justin Gaethje. He was a great. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody knows that our hiatus now is taking a little bit longer than I expected. I wanted to be back uh, just a couple of weeks after our final podcast, and I am back a couple of months later. But I'm back for good. I'm back in the podcasting zone. I've got my high-level equipment. I've got my trained team of podcast staff to bring you guys the best MMA information and analysis possible. I'm operating in the wild. I'm on my own. I don't have any code of conduct. I can even say swear words. No more censorship. This summer, it's been a very, very interesting time for the sport. In the time that I've been gone, UFC put on some of the best fights Uh, they've ever Ever done in the light heavyweight division. Glover Teixeira and Jiri Prohaska, And they've also put out some of the worst cards I've ever seen on fight nights. I got the uh, chance to go to UFC Long Island in person. That was really, really fun. It was cool to get to see the card with my own eyes. Uh, however, speaking of UFC Long Island, also been a rash of main event injuries this summer. Uh, Alexander Rochek, sadly, Brian Ortega, Tom Aspinall, all went down during their fights. Uh, very disappointing. It's been an interesting time. Wish I could have been here breaking it down for you. But I'm here. I'm back now. And last Saturday was UFC 278. Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards 2. And let's just jump right into it. Because I'm still a little sad about that main event. And the first fight that I uh, really wanted to cover was Amir al versus Francisco Figueiredo. We covered uh, his very slick knee bar win over Daniel Lacerda over the spring a couple episodes ago. And uh, I have to say now, this guy is certainly... Uh, his brother, Davison Figueredo, certainly one of the top five UFC flyweights of all time. Uh, Francisco is uh, certainly a UFC flyweight, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, not one of his fighter performances. Uh, threw a low kick at the very beginning of the fight. Amir Albazi caught it, brought him down. She kind of roughed him up for most of the round. Got him down one more time. Tapped him out really, really quickly. I'm not really interested. I, there's only so much a last name can do, folks. And I'm not really interested in seeing Little Figgy uh, anymore in the UFC. Maybe Bellator is more his speed. I don't know. Uh, the next fight that I covered in the card is just a, a, a masterclass in clutching defeat from the jaws of victory. Sean Woodson fought Luis Saldana. And in the first round, Saldana blasted Sean Woodson with a check hook, knocked him on his ass, blasted him with another check hook, knocked him on his ass again, ran in for the follow-up, and knocked him out clean as a whistle. The only problem is that when he was running in for the follow-up shots, he needs Sean Woodson directly in the head, completely blatantly. The referee stepped in, stopped the fight, Started an official time out, even though Sean Woodson had literally was literally just unconscious. Unconscious fight was officially restarted, and they spent the next two rounds gasping for air and staring at each other across the octagon. Not great. Uh, Woodson did get him into a very cool buggy choke at the end of the second round. Only Joe Rogan really knew what was going on. DC was like, "I don't get this, Joe," but uh, <laughs> it was cool. Didn't get to finish with it, but it's just very interesting to see something like that broken out in like a high-level UFC fight. And Favis scored a split draw. So, neither guy won. And uh, if you put any of them in their parlay, not saying that any of my fans would be degenerate gamblers, uh, your bet would have been canceled. Ah, oh, very, very silly. These guys gotta, gotta, gotta start learning what fouls are, man. I mean, you can't even... You can't even think that that was... Watch the footage. Go back. Watch the footage. It was very deliberate. Deliberate, Very deliberate. It was very intentional. Blast him in the head on purpose. Doesn't really matter. Next fight. Uh, Another one with two guys uh, gasping, sucking down air, and staring at each other from halfway across the octagon. Martian Tabura versus Alexander Romanov. We've covered a little bit of Romanov's rise, but... I wasn't really big on vetting his record. He was five and zero in the UFC and undefeated before this fight, but he kind of was uh, fighting people like Jared Vandera, Chase Sherman, and Romanov did really good in the first round. Came out with a head of steam, dominated Tiber on the ground, dragged him all about. Lots of interesting like mat returns and stuff like that. It was basically just on top of him for the whole first round. I don't think Tiber even threw a punch. And then, when the second and third round rolled around, he barely had the energy to complete one takedown. So, he stood across the octagon from Rishi and Tabura and they both gasped for air and did, did bad striking. But Tabura did more bad striking than Romanov did, and won the fight by decision. There were a lot of complaints on uh, Twitter and some such that you know, the first round should have been 10-8 for Romanov. I can in the fight, should have been a draw. I could see that argument, but he didn't really do much damage. He had the dominant position, but he didn't really whatever like the criteria is, it has to like significantly affect the other fighter. Tabur seemed pretty much fine. I don't know. This was another one that was you know, heavyweight MMA. Next fight, onto the main card, which I mean heavyweight MMA, but we're talking about Harry Hunch sucker on the main, main card fight. Uh, It was Tyson Pedro versus Harry Hunsucker. We're going to zoom through this one really quick. Uh, Pedro came off of a three-year hiatus. He won his last fight. It was pretty interesting. He's continuing to look pretty damn good, even if he did fight Harry Hunsucker. Uh, He stopped him with his beautiful straight front kick to the body. Mortal Kombat shit. Kicked him, basically almost bounced him off against the Cage. Like, basically, yeah, he kicked him so hard he just went flying against the fence, followed up, uh, knocked him out. Interesting fight. Pretty fun. Maybe it'll give Pedro like a real light heavyweight in his next out. Who knows? Oof, this next fight, man. Tried to get me to pay $90 to justify this featured women's attraction. It was uh, Lucy Putalova versus Wu Yanan. And just, just just she's trash. Wu Yanan is trash. Uh Miranda Maverick was supposed to fight Shannon Young in this spot in the main card. And because the UFC books a maximum of like three women's fights a card, optimistically, uh, there was only one other fight, this one, so it had to be on the main card. Winon uh, was one in four in the UFC, fighting against a girl who was making her debut in the promotion. Basically, it's as if the NFL made a football game with the Cleveland Browns playing against your college football team. Your your like local college, it would also be like if the local college football team beat the Browns because put a took tugger down, uh, laying the straight round, she completely dominated her, messed her up. TK Oder laying the second, finished her with strikes, and uh, she is now know is now one and five in the UFC. Please make better women fight Dana White, please, please I beg of you, please. This next fight, uh, real bummer, absolute heartbreaker for me. Uh, it was Jose Aldo Jose Aldo versus Marab DeVash Versus Marab. Not going to do that last name. Uh, Jose Aldo was just very inactive across all three rounds, even though Marab never connected on a single takedown. But he was still the one pushing the pace, even though he wasn't really doing much uh i'm a call me an aldo fanboy i'm a little salty about this one defended every single takedown uh did had some like pretty good moments on the, on the feet i wish he would have dug to the body more there was one sequence where it seemed like he went low and uh trying to just uh dug in a couple body hooks and it looked like he might have actually caused marab to flinch a little bit but by the third round uh, jose Aldo actually seemed a little bit out of it like in terms of his gas tank and even though Murab is usually like just completely relentless and undeniable in the octagon he wasn't really uh, fighting his fight either but he did enough in the third round where I think you know even if you scored the first round for Aldo which I did he definitely won the third round and then it's a question just kind of a coin toss in the second round if Aldo was a little more active he maybe could have taken it but it's just it's those low-activity performances that are just beautiful, man. The winner of Pedro Munoz last summer, uh, he's a great fighter. He's a great fighter. I really hope this isn't the end of his recent little title run. It really doesn't feel like it has to be. It wasn't that embarrassing. Even Dana White was kind of shitting on Marab after the fight. I saw somebody describe it as a fight that uh, left no man either closer or further from challenging from the title, which is pretty much a correct statement and I mean he also literally got a bantamweight title shot off of a loss against Marlon Morais so who knows man the UFC is a mystery to me next fight everybody loved this fight I thought it was kind of a total bummer but everybody came out of the woodwork because uh, they hit each other a lot and there was a lot of blood and it was so cool it was the best uh, Luke Rockhold is pretty old in fighter years had just come back from a three-year break. Uh, been fighting... He's basically been inactive since 2015. Fighting like once a year. Uh, his last fight, he got knocked out by Jan Blakovic at heavyweight. Different weight class. Uh, got got knocked out cold. I mean, for God's sakes, he pulled out of his last fight with a herniated disc. He was supposed to fight Sean Strickland. And he pulled he pulled a disc in his back. The guy's old. He's old! I really I don't need to see more of him in the Octagon. It was nice that he... he. Spoiler alert, you obviously listening to this podcast if you've already seen the fights coming out after the fights, but he lost this one and retired in the middle of the octagon afterwards. And I'm glad he did, because he has his modeling career, all this other ways to make money. He really doesn't need to, you know, try and double leg big sweaty 185 pound muscle men and take blunt force head trauma to make a buck anymore. But... I mean, not to psychoanalyze, but it kind of did feel like he wanted to prove that he still had it in him. Luke Rockhold did not still have it in him. So he came back to the UFC to rage against the dying of the late by fighting a marble statue turned UFC fighter by a fairy godmother, Paulo Costa. Uh, Luke Rockhold, former, champ, former breast wrestler in the division, uh, got taken down and laid down on by Paulo Costa. Multiple times. That's sad. That's not cool. Yeah, they hit each other a lot. There were cool moments. I mean, L- the Costa just kind of opened up and let Luke Rockhold kick him in the chest three, four times. Uh, there was one moment where Luke Rockhold just yelled "fuck you" and threw an overhand that actually hurt Costa. Overall, it was just kind of a, kind of like a sloppy dog fight. Two guys going at it for three rounds, and I found that very, very depressing when. Maybe prime Luke Rockhold could have taken down a guy like paulo Costa and neutralized his, his striking offense. He just had nothing in him. I mean, the, the best he could do was rub his bloody face all over Costa's, which, once again, like, not cool. It's like, kind of sad. He lost the fight definitively. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just a hater, but, you know. This Rock Hall still able to wipe the floor of Sean Strickland, though, so... Mm -hmm. Not that big of a deal, I guess. Oh, on to the main event. Actually, before we talk about the main event, let's go around the horn real quick. Last Saturday, Kayla Harrison fought another wine mum, steamrolled her. She's headed to the PFL Finals to pick up her third consecutive title from that company, and... You know, honestly, I used to think, like... why? Why for the honor and the glory of combat? Why is? Why isn't Kayla going to the UFC in her prime? Man, just collect that money, girl. Good for you. If 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 PFL wants to keep throwing millions and millions of dollars at you to beat up people who are not even remotely close to your caliber in the octagon, do it. There's some BK uh BKFC action, bare knuckle boxing. Oh brother, I didn't even really get into the details of this but Michael Venom Page was fighting Mike Perry and Mike Perry beat MVP? Oh, gosh, that makes me laugh. Oh, Scott Coker, you little minx. Oh, man. Thinking you're so cool letting your fighters have... have <laughs> be able to take outside engagements to the companies and you're a you're golden boy who you've relentlessly built up at every opportunity... Loses a straight striking match to Mike Perry. Oh, Bellator gonna Bellator. But the headline attraction from last weekend was indeed the second fight between Kamara Usman and Leon Edwards for the welterweight championship. I thought this fight was absolutely incredible. Got a little boring in the middle, but it was very much high level, very technical the whole time. Leon definitely fell behind in the middle of the fight, but I never thought that he was non-competitive. Uh, some high level technical grappling and wrestling in the first round he was the first guy, that doesn't count that doesn't count, Colby Covington getting him onto his hands and knees for a millisecond Leon Edwards was the first person to take down Usman in the UFC let's let's get it straight, let's not get it twisted boys, so that whole first round where you're threatening the rear naked choke on Usman, that stuff was amazing, and then the second certain force rounds uh Kamaru started taking him down there was a lot of grappling on the fence in every single round. Leon tried to get his striking game going through the clinch, couldn't really do it. But Usman was being really diverse with his striking, going to the body, going to the head. He would kind of like he was like flurry sometimes when he would come forward. It was really interesting. He would kind of like dash in and throw a bunch of different punches at the same time. I guess to try and like confuse Edwards and try and break his guard, get him up against the cage, and just like. A couple body hooks, a couple hooks to the head, a couple punches just trying to, like, get all over him. And to be honest, Trevor Whitman, I kind of agree with him. In between rounds, uh, the fifth, fourth and fifth round, uh, Leon Edwards' corner gave him an amazing pep talk and basically motivated him back in the fight. And Trevor Whitman told Usman that he was breaking, that uh, if he just stuck to the striking and kept putting pressure on him, he would be able to finish him in the fifth round. And I agree with him. Uh, Usman kind of took... His foot off the gas pedal at the end of the fight. It was a lot, lot less pushing the pace in the striking. A lot more of, a lot more of like inactive grappling. Held him up against the fence for a while, and with 50 seconds left to go, Leon Edwards faints the faints the lead hand, shows Usman the lead hand. Usman ducks out of the way, ziggs when he should have zagged, and Leon Edwards already throwing. The lead head kick behind the lead hand and boom catches him right through the guard Usman stumbles falters dips his head and then falls flat on his back done completely unconscious knocked him out cold after basically losing the entire fight it was incredible and i'm the biggest quarter of the fanboy every, out of anybody i know i was absolutely heartbroken but I can't even really get mad at... Come on. I mean, it was incredible. It was incredible. I can't really get mad at that. Uh, Edwards' Octagon interview afterwards with Joe Rogan was amazing. Talked about his family. Talked about growing up in a wood shack in Jamaica. And now, you know, he's champion of the world. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, honestly, I don't really want to start fight right now. Uh, you can do that in, like, a year from now. Give this one some time off. Let him... Let him... Let him, let him Make sure he's all concussion protocoled. Sit on the sidelines for a while. Let his chin heal. The first time he's ever been knocked out like that. I'm sure he's got a lot of nagging injuries because he's been really active in the last couple years. So, you know what? I was always his boy. Ever since he won the title, even a little before, I was like, this guy, he's got something special. And everybody, everybody always complained that he was so boring. He was so lame. He wasn't interesting. And then uh, as soon as he knocks out Burns, knocks out Masvidal, all of a sudden the media, Dan White, all these people on Twitter, all these haters, all of a sudden want to tell me he's the pound for pound number one in the world, which I already knew. So, and then after they lift him up, they start complaining about him getting corny again after they say he's the pound for pound number one. Well, I've been, I've been a fan the whole time and... I'm not giving a eulogy for Kamaru Usman, but for this part of his career, hopefully he comes back better than ever, but this stretch of like five or six fights is just incredible. Lost the belt in an incredible way too. Total fireworks from that main event. Uh, That's about it. On to the news, there was uh, some interesting stuff this week. Obviously, Alexander Volkanovsky moved up to the number one pound for pound position on the UFC's list because he's lost. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Uh, this is a very interesting story with uh, Costa versus USADA. So apparently they, like, went to his house or something. At, like, 6 in the morning. Somebody, like, waiting outside his bedroom to take his blood. Which has been a controversy for a little bit. A couple of fighters have complained about this. I agree. It's very silly. It's, like, it's the exigencies of the sport mean that you need to cut like 30 pounds of water weight a week before your fight and you're like dehydrated and you're getting your sleep interrupted and they're drawing blood uh yeah no that's bad it's a little silly he, he, he weighed in on weight and screamed something about fuck you Sada uh, uh the, me- the, meme- the meme man is correct I think he's, a, he's sometimes Paulo Costa can say the right things it's fine uh Somebody else was removed from the rankings at UFC. Shane Burgos was pulled uh, because his contract was up after his fight, which was Charles Jordan at UFC Long Island, and he has defected to the PFL, so the Professional Fighting League, Fighters League, whatever it's called, uh, at a number that apparently the UFC either could not or would not match. They like just let him go, which, honestly, great career decision for uh, Shane Burgos. He's in an athletic prime. He's going to be fighting dudes like, like, ugh, like Anthony Pettis and stuff. Like just people, Anthony Pettis, uh, Clay Collard's pretty good, but honestly, mm, I honestly think he could probably clear out that lightweight division real quick. Earn himself a sweet million dollars. Good for Burgos. Great fighter. I'll tune into his PFL fights. Uh, no UFC this weekend. There's, uh, however, unfortunately, cause, uh, I'm a lazy fuck. Uh, this is going to be out after these fights are out. But there's a one a one championship doubleheader this weekend that I was relatively interested in. They really lined up a lot of their best fighters just uh, on this one weekend. So there's one 160, which is a pay-per-view. And then uh, they're celebrating... They're ringing in their new deal with Amazon. So there's one on Prime Video 1. And so uh, the pay-per-view, it's a uh, Ton Lee. I'm... I, I'm I, I think one is a really cool promotion. I'm not that deep in like the rest of the card. I could not properly. I'm barely gonna break down this stuff for you guys, but uh, the two headliners on 160 are uh, the featherweight champ Ton Lee versus Tang Kai. So uh, he's coming off a fresh, uh, coming off fresh off of a vicious TKO uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighter Gary Tonin. Uh, he's defending against Tang Kai, who I've seen a couple of knockouts on YouTube of him, one was promoting him really well, really, really interesting. I think this is going to be a good fight. Tan Lee is a great scrapper. It's going to be fun. Uh, and then the main event is Okra versus Christian Lee too. I love Christian Lee. I think he's a great fighter. Uh, ripping through guys in the lightweight division. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have time to watch his first fight. He lost to Okrayun Yoon in indecision, uh, in his last defense. So, they made an immediate rematch for the title because he had, I think, like, three or four defenses was one. He was, he, was, he was really, really good. And he's still really, really young, I think. He's only, like, 23 or 24, something like that. So, I'm excited to see how that goes. There were some, like, I don't know. He had, like, apparently, he had, like, a hissy fit after he lost the fight. He, like, got on the mic and said he wanted an immediate rematch. The fight was, like, rigged or something. I don't know. Once again, I'm not I'm not uh, tapped in enough to one to know if Christian Lee is like a super big diva and everybody hates him, but... Uh, eh. I'm just interested in the fight. I don't really care. And then the next event, the Prime Video event, there are a couple of really interesting ones on this. So uh, Rod Tang is in action. He's going to be fighting against uh, this guy named Savas Michael. So, uh... The former kickboxing legend and now current MMA prospect. You know, he has fought three whole minutes of MMA. He's basically, he can join the UFC right now. Uh, but Rotteng, they've got a uh, flyweight kickboxing Grand Prix going on right now. So uh, they're doing like a big tournament. I don't know what the prize is, but uh, he's fighting this guy Savas Michael. I don't really know uh, much about the opponent. But uh, Rod Tang always good scrap. Always willing to take one to give one. Uh, incredibly thick skull just just has like a chin made out of granite uh, loves pushing the pace loves fighting in the phone booth Rod Tang is, is fucking awesome I love him I'm gonna have a great time with that fight uh, I'm not really into Muay Thai but this fight is really really interesting to me uh, Nongo versus Liam Harrison apparently Nongo is like a, 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 a I checked he's, he's a Muay Thai legend he has like 250 wins in Thai boxing, which is absolutely ridiculous, and he's the uh, bantamweight uh, Muay Thai champ for one. They, there's, uh, and he's fighting Liam Harrison, who just popped up on my radar recently because he had an am- his the finish to his last fight was amazing. He got a uh, so in one the uh, bantamweight rules or the uh, my bad the Muay Thai rules is uh, it's three knockdowns per round. If you get knocked down three times in one round, you're done. And you can win by either, uh, I think, like pure knockout. The ref, the referee can stop it. You can win by pure knockout, knockdown rule, or decision. Or I guess like disqualification or forfeit or something like that. But those happen way less. Uh, so Liam Harrison gets knocked down with a head kick, right? And he, he pops back up, runs up at his opponent. Boom, left hook. Knocked down again. And he pops back up again knocks this guy down three consecutive times. Boom, boom, boom. One after the other after the other. Wins the fight. It was like two and a half minutes long. It was crazy. So, uh, Liam Harrison talking in big game, saying that, you know, he's got stuff going on that uh, Nongo's other opponents never had. That, you know, he's willing to get up in his face. He's willing to take one to give one. He's all that stuff like that. So, I'm really, really interested in this fight. I think Nongo is probably going to take it just off of, based off of like just looking at records, just off of like the fact that it's just inertia, you know what I mean? He's just so good right now. I've watched watched a bunch of his highlights. He's knocked out three, his last three opponents. Uh, but I'm going to enjoy that fight. And then the main event oh, the main event, the main event, the main event. It's uh, Demetrius Johnson and Adriano Marias, their second fight. Uh, And this is obviously the one across most fights I'm most hyped for. Uh, Mighty Mouse's tenure in one has been really, really fun. Uh, He did the mixed rules fight with Rottang. That was great. His only really major plan was losing to Adriano Moraes, Got his shit absolutely rocked by a grounded knee. He's terrible. I don't know. And the fight ended pretty quickly. So I, I felt that we weren't really able to get, like... I don't know. I just love Mighty Mouse. I just love Mighty Mouse. That's that's my breakdown for this fight. Is that Adriano Moraes is obviously a great fighter. Mighty Mouse, I just love him so much. Uh, I want him to get his belt back. I or, it wasn't even his belt, my bad. I want him to get the belt, because he lost Moraes in the final of the uh, Bantamweight Grand Prix, so But yeah, that's uh that's it for one. There's no UFC this weekend. A couple smaller promotions. I think a BKFC or something. I'm not really that interested in any of that. But, ladies and gentlemen, the MMA frequency is back. We're going to keep this going once a week, every week. You're going to get the breakdown. You're going to get the top quality analysis. I've got a team of researchers right now. Uh, a, 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 A team of production assistants, a team of interns. We're working on the greatest podcast of all time. Uh, Big things coming, folks. (laughs) Uh, And I'll uh, see you all next week. We're back.